This is the Genuine Men's Podcast, episode number two, with Jay Aram from Nottery, New York. Hey everyone, welcome back to the Genuine Men's Podcast. I'm your host, Stephen Elliott, and I wanted to say thanks for all those who are joining us on what's been a pretty eventful few weeks since we launched the podcast. This being my first podcast, I really didn't know what to expect, and the reception to our first episode was awesome. I apologize to our listeners who really expected a new episode a little sooner. I'm working on streamlining the process, but I assure you that it's worth the wait. Today's guest is Jay Aram from the accessory maker Nottery, New York. Back in 2011, Jay found himself in a predicament that many young men had found themselves in before. The things he wanted were not the things he could afford. After countless searches for tasteful men's accessories that fit both his aesthetic and budget, Jay decided to take matters into his own hands. Armed with just $500, he set out to create a brand that would bring style and value together. With that, Nottery New York was born. Fast forward to today, and the Nottery has become the go-to destination for men who want well-made accessories that look good but won't hurt their wallets. The company works with some of the finest factories in North America, Europe, and Asia to produce luxury quality pieces at a fraction of the cost, and Jay sells them exclusively on his online shop. Make sure to check out the Genuine Men's Magazine website for reviews on a bunch of Nottery New York's products. Also, if you have any questions or comments about them or any of the products we recommend on the site, shoot us an email. I hope you enjoy the interview. Once again, this is Jay Aram from Nottery New York. Thanks a lot for coming on, Jay. Hey, thanks for having me. Jay, tell the audience a little bit kind of about yourself and how you kind of got into menswear and kind of looking sharp. Sure. Uh, I was always I was always into uh, looking for the finer things. I uh, to backtrack a little, I'm I'm 34 years old, married for about 13 and a half years. I have four kids. I uh, Ever since high school, I found a, a beautiful four-button suit. I'm dating myself here, uh, and I started uh, I started getting interested in you know in high fashion and men's fashion. And there wasn't a lot there wasn't a lot of places to learn about it. So it used to just be you know a collective of guys in the neighborhood that we used to just talk about it. I have a brother a year younger than me that uh, we've always been on the same you know on the same page about fashion, and we've always discussed it and talked about it. And then uh, as the forums and blogs and stuff started happening, you know, in um in the early, you know, 2010s, I uh quickly got involved and, you know, was was busy commenting on a lot of different blogs and sites and slowly built up a network of people that, you know, shared the same interests as I do. Um at the time I was working at at an energy company and um I was miserable because I had no creative outlet. And um, I basically decided to take a stab at it. You know, I, I was a collector of vintage ties, and uh, I figured let me try to recreate some of these ties that I own. And, you know, that's basically how the whole thing came about. With the Nottery, you kind of, uh, it seems like you kind of struggled in the beginning, creating your own business. Uh, you know, obviously you read about $500 you started with. Did you kind of have any knowledge besides, you know, you're saying you, you were on some blogs and, you know, reading on the forums and stuff like that. Did you have any knowledge of fashion before that or was it just kind of, you said, like a passion? I had zero knowledge. I, uh, 
I, I, ne- I had never worked a retail job before in my life. I had no idea what a markup was. Um, that caused a bunch of hiccups, obviously, along the way. Uh, no, it was just passion, straight up. It was not, no, no training, no nothing. The menswear movement has kind of grown exponentially over the last few years, like you had mentioned. Communities like Style Forum, uh, recently New York Men's Fashion Week's been a huge kind of success, as people say. Um, just the general increase of menswear brands. You know, how has the growth of the industry kind of affected your life and the business? Is, you think it's harder now today than it was when you first started? A hundred percent. When I first started, there was just a handful, I could name you a handful of what I like to call independent Thai brands. Um, the Thai business is mostly um, com- compromised of two or three huge conglomerate companies that own licensing for a lot of bigger brand names that you'll see in department stores. And there was very few people who were like, well, I like to say like singer-songwriter type uh, Thai brands. Um and that's obviously that's that that that's exploded in the past few years. I mean, like you have people who are Etsy specific, you have people who are you know Instagram specific, and uh, you know the the point of entry is way lower because the information is way more readily available than it was, you know, six years ago. Um, that's why my focus is more to uh, um, try to put out cool stuff and try to keep the price points low. Stop worrying about what everyone else is doing. And my goal is my goal. My goal shifted. My goal at the beginning was to to offer like a quality basic, and now my goal is to offer the best possible thing that I could put out every time. What about just as a menswear consumer, like you you just mentioned? You know, you wanted to put out basics. You like you were mentioning before as well that the blogs and social media, online reviews, kind of made shopping a lot easier for men but also a lot harder on smaller brands. One bad review or one kind of mispacked order can really kind of put you in a hole. Is that affecting, uh, not, is that affecting Nottery in any way? Definitely. I mean, uh, to, be, you know, to be brutally honest, I, uh, when I first started, like I said, I had no idea how to mark anything up. You know, if something cost me X dollars, I, I just marked it up X.5. I, I, I had no idea. And I, had, I took in no account for, you know, future research and development or production or overruns or, you know, damages or anything like that. I had no idea. So I quickly had to learn. I had a lot of backlash when uh, my prices rose a little bit, you know. The first ties we sold were all $25. Yeah. I'm sure it's hard. Obviously, you were probably entering a market at the time, uh, the Thai bar, you know, I don't know if you know them, but obviously they were offering the kind of similar price points and stuff like that. And that was probably a much larger, um, you know, they had much larger distribution distribution and stuff. Yeah. I mean, uh, definitely. The, the, the thing was, is that I, what I always, what I always like to, you know, think of is I'm not, I, I'm, tr- I'm not trying, I'm not trying to, I, I, it is a price, obviously it's a price thing, but it's, I'm not trying to compete on the price alone. I like to think that my products are worth more than the price I'm charging versus someone that's charging something cheap, you know, and, and pulling it and putting out a, a just a decent product. Mm-hmm. You know, I like to think someone's getting a deal at, at, at $45, $50 versus getting a tie at $15 that's worth $15. Yeah. A lot of these uh, interviews kind of, you've mentioned attainable luxury. 
um, you give the audience, you know, give our audience a, a definition of what you think attainable luxury is and kind of why is it important to the Nottery uh, brand? Sure. Um, it actually started off being, it actually started off being attainable. It was attainable style to begin with. And it switched to attainable luxury because the more I got involved and the more, you know, I grew and my tastes grew, um, I realized that, you know, style is almost like a given and luxury is something that's, you know, it's not style is innate and luxury is, I guess you have to buy it. Mm -hmm. So the style is, is, of, is, is in the consumer, you know, the luxury is the, the items that they're putting on. Uh, well, I, I, you know, when I started, I, I, I think my aesthetic was also more of a jeans and a blazer. And, and, uh, so I was aiming towards that crowd and, um, kind of, uh, like a quote unquote, like a J crew, like a Bonobo sort of, uh, aesthetic. Somebody who hasn't established their, their look or their kind of starting to get into menswear and stuff. Sure. Like I like to say, like, it was more of like a, it was like a high school teacher cosplay at the time. <laughs> and now, um, uh, I'm pretty much straight in suits and uh, hard bottom shoes every single day not because i need to because i just I got, I got to the age where like i i like dressing up for myself and um i i feel my age and um so therefore the obviously this the style had to shift you know uh, when, I'm, when i'm when i'm wearing suits i'm wearing you know i'm wearing suits and i'm wearing you know sport coats and slacks which is a dreaded word in this in this day and age trousers um <laughs> You know, obviously the tie has to be a little different than like your chambray tie or whatever, whatever it was a few years back. Going back to kind of the attainable luxury, the initial reception I know probably from menswear purists obviously wasn't, you know, what you'd want. Uh, you know, a lot of menswear purists and people, you know, where you kind of started in Style Forum and all these other ones, you know, they're always very uh, strict about the brands and stuff they wear. And so that term attainable luxury, you know, that was, was that any, was there any backlash on that or? Um, there probably was. I just stopped reading the comments a while ago. <laughs> and we should all do that today, huh? You know, the more I, I, I really, really focus on what I want to wear and what I like to see. And then I hope it sells. Like, I feel like if I'm passionate about it, there's hopefully a, a bunch of other people out there that are passionate about, you know, this specific thing that I'm into. And hopefully, you know, it resonates with them. That's that's really what it's about. I, uh, I'm obviously crap at market research. Um, you know, I uh, I have yet to buy uh, an expensive luxury car from this business. <laughs> You're in New York. You don't need one. We don't need one here. <laughs> let me uh, let me just I guess tell you a story, kind of kind of how I got introduced to Nottery. You know, when I first purchased your ties, like most guys, I was doing a little research online and, you know, looking for um, a wider knit tie. And, um, you know, I was big into the knit tie at the time and I had gotten some from other places like the tie bar and stuff like that. But my aesthetic, you know, like most guys changed and I wanted to go a little bit wider on the ties. And I came across Nottery and was kind of really elated and excited. Like, oh, look, a three inch tie, you know. I saw it and I saw the price and I was like, oh, oh crap, I need to buy these. And I bought all five of them right off the bat. <laughs> I was like, okay, I'm going to buy all, all five of these colors. Mm -hmm. 
you know, typically when you see cheap ties, though, you kind of expect uh, the quality to be just like, nah, you know, I, I had purchased some other ones from other places that were just, eh, but, you know, the day that I opened the package and the boxes and stuff like that, I was just really blown away. But the boxes were just, you know, some of the most beautiful things I'd ever seen, you know, the wrapping paper, the 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 sticker and stuff like that. You know, the ties that I got from you were probably some of the my absolute favorite that I own now. Um, you say that a lot of your fabrics are sourced from European mills. Yeah, what I, what I, what I, you know, based like like my prices are a little bit all over the place, and uh, I'm actually I actually have a more expensive line that's uh, coming out in a few weeks too. It's actually I have a made I'm having a made in uh, made in Italy line of uh, like print, printed silks and grenadines and things of, of that nature. Um, it's all the prices are based on what actually goes in like there's no i'm not trying to take advantage of any customer you know the ties that are 35 dollars, i'm making the same margins on a 60 dollar tie you know i'm just able to charge cheap right my goal is to charge as cheap as possible i think like you know that that that's never going to change that's really the the ultimate goal because i don't like spending money you know <laughs> yeah we're all in a time now that we need to uh be you know conscious and i know obviously with the way that the internet's been and, you know, social media that everybody is just so kind of conscious of what they're buying and if they're buying quality, if they're buying something cheap or if they're buying something that's really great for the price. So, right. So therefore I, you know, I've, I worked with sourcing, you know, I, I'm sourcing, you know, my, my expensive, uh, knit ties, my more expensive knit ties are, you know, in the $60 range. They're, they're coming from a mill that's making some of the best, names in, 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 in menswear brands ties on the exact same tie. Um, the silk, most of all the tie silks, the woven tie silks are coming from England from a mill that's making for the most recognizable names in menswear, you know, and because I'm selling directly to the consumer, it's not a disruptive model. Like some brands would want you to think it's just, it's very simple math. You know, if you sell directly to the consumer, there's just not a second markup. And a second markup could be tremendous. It could be two and a half times the amount. Yeah. So here at Genuine Men's Mag, we're always kind of looking for, you know, we're really in it for the smaller brands. And uh, the way with fast fashion nowadays, you know, like you mentioned with J. Cruz and the Zars and stuff like that, why do you think people are, are you know, beginning to look at these smaller brands, you know, like Nottery, you know, for men's accessories? You know, do you think it's a wanting to be different? Is it a quality thing? I think it's a combination of both. You know, um, I think in this day and age, people realize that they don't just have to settle for anything because the internet is so vast and there's just so many options out there, like there's no need to go buy something because you just can't find something better. Like if you want a Navy suit with a yellow pinstripe, like you can find it, you know? So it's like, it's, it's basically catering to specific niches that I think people are into versus like, that's where the fast fashion kind of falls away when you get to like the nerdy menswear guy. Like, uh, the, by nerdy, I mean that in the most upper, utmost respect. Um, you know, the guy who's really, who's into it, like he knows what he wants and that's all he wants. Like, I, I don't want, I don't want to see an option that doesn't have a pointed bottom. I'm not interested, you know? Yeah. 
So you've kind of have a proven track record since 2011 when you first, or, you know, when you first started, you've kind of been in some huge publications, Esquire, GQ, you know, a bunch of online blogs um, we've seen you in. How does that kind of make you feel? And is there any single moment where you kind of stood back and said, you know, wow, this is, you know, I'm doing it. Um, yeah, uh, actually it was pretty early on the first, uh, the first run that we ever put out. I mean, it was a pretty small uh, level of uh, products, quantity, but the first run that we put out, we sold out within 24 hours. (laughs) Wow. That was through some well-placed blogs and some friends really, you know, uh, gave us great shout outs who had big followings. And it was like, oh my gosh, like, we may be able to do this without getting a day job, you know? Yeah. That was, you know, that was one moment. And then another moment was um, we were invited down to GQ to show to show our collection the first time. We were sitting in that conference room. Um, it was before they moved. But uh, it was this real this conference room, and it was just like, we waited like five minutes for them to come in. It was like this, it felt like you were in this, this place that has like such great menswear history and like um i somehow fit into that canon you know yeah did you have any opportunities to work in any work with anybody that kind of made you starstruck when you were there or um i i don't get starstruck just because um i think that i think that when when you have kids it's just like very grounding and like it takes the magic out of life a little bit (laughs) not in a bad way you know, things just like uh, don't have very much weight to it versus, you know, you know, because because you have that, you know, reality that that's like hanging around your neck. Yeah, I'm not there yet. So what inspires you kind of on a day to day basis? Um, I have a few I have a few st- stylish friends that um, that I'm always inspired by. And uh, I just. I, I, I feel like there's I, I try to I try to go for a lifestyle approach versus, you know, a specific design approach. Like uh there's, there's no there's no like mood boards like this season I'm doing indigo, you know. It's more like who I'm who's the person I'm designing for? It's me. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm designing for the person for me and, and, and this season I uh you know, I, I have a few I got a few cotton suits you know custom made for myself and uh what does that go with you know who's that guy where's he going yeah you've you you seem like you've always been designing for yourself and less you know you're less uh in in caring about you know what the customer and stuff like that you you know you want to be kind of wear this first and then if you think it's cool then other people should think it's cool exactly and and i and i'm excited about you know um in May, we're actually coming out with, um, actually, hopefully in April, so, um, a made-to-measure shirt program where we uh, we partnered up with a factory in the USA to produce some really amazing shirts. You know, we uh, honed down what the Nottery shirts should look like within four collars and, like, 25 fabrics. And um, I'm really excited, and I'm Curious to see how it's going to play out. So the made-to-measure shirt is that's something new for 2016. Is there anything else? Because I know, um, you know, I've seen the hats and the suspenders. I mean, 
you have a, a large, you know, Nottery has a large range of products now, it's not just ties anymore. You know, initially, the initial offering was kind of ties, and now you've gone on to pocket squares and hats. And is there anything else yeah. kind of coming in 2016? Yeah, we, uh, I'm, I'm going to be delving into trousers and um, maybe uh, sunglasses. Oh, yes, I think I saw that. I, I'll, I'll actually, I'm actually, as I hang up, I'm actually going to test out some samples. Uh, we have to ask because, you know, with all menswear, it's kind of the biggest thing. Pity Umo, have you been there? I've never been. I, uh, my wife doesn't really trust me to travel without her. <laughs> Why is that? I, I don't, that I, that's a joke. I, you know, it, honestly, I, I, I would love to go. I, I just don't see it being a responsible thing to do now just because uh, I am busy with this all the time. And uh, hopefully one day. One day. <laughs> okay, well, dressing well isn't always easy for, you know, isn't an easy task for guys. You know, what would be your kind of advice, you know, to improve a guy's style? You know, was there any ever time that you, like you mentioned, you had struggled early on? You know, what was, what's kind of the advice you've learned from? My biggest real advice would be, uh, to get in shape because uh, things look better on people that are fit, <laughs> you know. And you could get away with cheaper stuff. Like uh, I'm not, I'm, I'm, I'm not the, I'm not a, I'm not such a fit person. I, you know, I, I'm, I'm carrying some extra weight. But, um, but a ge- more of a general advice is like, uh, is pick, pick a uniform in theory, and like, and stick to it. Mm-hmm. You know. Um, my my uniform is like uh is usually a gray suit and then obviously that's a broad that that's obviously a broad uh category it's a gray suit and it's a dark base tie that's usually that's usually uh that's usually what i'm wearing and you can't go wrong you can't go wrong with you can't go wrong with the classic stick to the classics i mean i think me personally what i've uh learned kind of delving into menswear and I was just like you, I just was interested in it and I kind of, uh, started to just develop, Oh, let me buy this. I think ties were actually kind of the first delve into menswear because they are affordable. You know, you can go to eBay and you can go to, uh, you know, different budget friendly places and it actually enhances your look. Even if you're wearing a shirt, that's not like, you know, it's not the dress shirt or something like that. It automatically kind of enhances that. And so that's where kind of I started and I, you know, I built up a big kind of tie wardrobe and I know friends that I have, you know, have big tie wardrobes and, you know, I've learned to kind of pare it back now. You know, I, I told my girlfriend, you know, very early on, I said, I could wear a white shirt every day. So if I have a white shirt in the wash, it's, you know, I hope it, I hope it's clean because I could wear a white shirt every day. And I think that, you know, the tie or the jacket you wear it with could definitely just, it changes your look. Yeah, I mean, honestly, I I personally own about four hundred ties. <laughs> that's a wow! That's a lot. <laughs> do you do you wear? I mean, do you can you wear one a day? I mean, that's more than a year. You'd have to wear a different one every day, and you could. Yeah, I, I and I, but I probably I probably stick to the same ten ties. <laughs> that's it, just ten. Yeah, there's just some ties that like uh, that just go with everything. And uh, are kind of nondescript, you know. Uh, I, pro- I probably, I, pro- I probably wear a navy uh, knit wide tie probably two days a week, every week. Oh, one of my favorites, man. Like I said, those are literally the f- the f- my favorite ties of my thing. I could, you know, 
blue shirt, white shirt, striped shirt, like they go with everything. Yeah. And it's like, it's not too serious. Like, you know, like most ties, like it's like kind of relaxed, but it also looks really good when it's, you know, the jacket's buttoned and. Yeah. And, and, and the general, and, and, and it really fits what I, what I, what I perceive as the mission statement aesthetic, which is, um, me and my brother, we used to call it, uh, we used to call it the millionaire look. This is when we were 17. So, um, and the look was get a perfectly tailored suit and then forget about it. So, you know, it, it's perfectly tailored, but it's a little rumpled. You know, you know, it's like I, we didn't know the term for spriz, I think, back then, you know, <laughs> spriz, yeah. but like, it's more like, forget about it. Like, don't this, you wear the suit, the suit shouldn't wear you like look comfortable in your stuff, you know? Yeah. So Jay, a genuine, we kind of pride ourselves on being authentic and true to ourselves, spending time with family, helping a stranger take a picture, holding the door open for a date. What would be your definition of a genuine man? Genuine man. Um, the genuine man is probably the opposite of what uh, um, is what people you know would think that like manly is. Like I, I feel like the more the the real the real genuine men are the ones that you know that would that would, that that would sit down and do the homework with the kids or or you know or or. Or, or pick out flowers for their girlfriend or their wife and, you know, things that people would not, you know, maybe people from 20 years ago would think that it's not a manly thing to do. A genuine man is is vulnerable to other people's problems and uh, is out there to help people and just generally looking for the good in, in the world. I think it's just, it's just a simple, it's a simple thing. You know, if you remain uncynical, then life will just be that much, much better. Yeah. Okay, Jay, I, I want to thank you for your time and uh, good luck with the notary. We'll continue to help promote your products to our readers. Thank you for having me. Thanks again. All right, everyone. That was Jay Aram from Notary New York. You can find Jay and all of his great products at www.notaryny.com. We hope you'll come back next week for episode number three, where we'll be talking with Greg Sugar from Thread Experiment a company that's looking to change the world of men's betting. We'll talk to Greg about his first career as a lawyer, then his journey creating one of the biggest nationally known accessory brands to now designing betting for guys. It's really an interesting interview on the menswear industry, Greg's personal style, and what Thread Experiment has in store for the future of their industry. You don't want to miss it. Until next time, I'm your host, Stephen Elliott, saying so long. Feel free to contact us at info at genuinemensmag.com if you have any questions, comments, or if you're a brand that wants to work with us. Also, you can now listen to the Genuine Men's Podcast on iTunes. Subscribe and please leave us a review.